Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Gigi, how you doing? So good. How are you doing, Chris? I am doing great. Ah, we love to hear it. Happy birthday. <gasps> Thank you so much. Everyone, it was Gigi's <laughs> birthday, and we went out and celebrated. I think I alluded to on the last uh, podcast, but birthday has come and gone. We have celebrated. Chris absolutely spoiled me. He planned this entire weekend of just beautiful, very Jillian-centric activities, being out, a lot of being outside, a lot of really good food. It was so thoughtful and so amazing. And we found this birthday. wonderful vegan diner. Uh, Shout out to Vertical Cafe. Vertical Diner, yeah. Vertical Diner, that's who it was. Wow. Um, As a meditarian myself, (laughs) some really good food. Some really good food. Some really good food. And I've been a vegetarian for a number of years, kind of off and on. um, But you're you're coming up on a decade or past a decade at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of total time combined um but it was i i never mind going to restaurants and i always like a grilled cheese and so anywhere you go has like a really good salad or a grilled cheese i feel like most of the time so eating out vegetarian really hasn't been a problem for me but um i think it was the day before we went i had like an epiphany and i was like chris i can order whatever i want on the menu mm-hmm. i'm not just like skipping past most things to look at the few entrees like i can order anything and i was so stoked and Jillian, whether this is her own self and her own development, whether it is uh, stars, cosmic placements, or whatever it is, she finds herself a bit indecisive sometimes, especially <laughs> around things to eat. Yeah, like <laughs> and, really indecisive. <laughs> and so I'm constantly, constantly asked, will you order me something so that the blame <laughs> falls to me and not her? Okay, but has there ever been any blame? You are an excellent order and I don't think you've ever missed I don't think I'd blame you too even if you did miss but as I'll, I'll I'll wrap this this thought up with this as as a child of the southern United States biscuits and gravy is one of my favorite things to eat and my goodness was the vertical diners biscuits and gravy good wasn't wasn't meaning to try to compete with regular biscuits and gravy but it was a great version of biscuits and gravy i thought that hit so good it was so good the gravy was really mushroomy yeah and i am a mushroom girl myself like absolutely love them so it just it just hit it was so good the biscuit was really good it was big yeah my normal complaint about biscuits and gravy is that there is simply not enough gravy. And oh boy, there was enough gravy for this one for sure. <laughs> and we went to Carson's Kitchen too. If you're in Utah, need something somewhat that isn't just like crammed at you in downtown, just a couple blocks off of downtown, Carson's Kitchen, fabulous place to eat as well. Very delicious. Wonderful. What is the most millennial thing oh, Christopher. that you did or happened to you? Or experienced this week? Oh my goodness. I think I think my whole birthday was like very millennially, right? Like Take people through just the, the highlights on what would be millennial in that 
in that experience? So I think like, as we've talked about before, like prioritizing experiences and vibiness, Chris found this amazing um, hotel downtown. It had like a climbing wall in it, a skate park. The rooms were like very unique. Every room had a different artist that had um, contributed their art to the room. And you could scan a little QR code outside of the room to learn more about your artist, which was super cool. Um, it was very concrete. There were pets everywhere. They were allowed. It was so fun. And then, um, so rather than we have a couple of like kind of stuffier, better known hotels in the area. And rather than go to one of those, we picked the absolute vibe because we knew it would be a better experience. Um, thank you, Chris. And then for my birthday, we went skiing and like, that's simply what I wanted to do on my birthday. Right. It was just have an experience, get outside, enjoy, um, with my favorite person. So I think just birthday week all around was very millennial. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Awesome. I thought, I thought it was somewhat millennial too. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know if I had necessarily have anything to add, but very good weekend. Had very a great good. time. Yeah, and then uh, don't want to go another moment without happy Martin Luther King day. Yes, definitely. Something that needs to be celebrated. Absolutely. If not recognized, in in our just society think you know happy that it's sometimes a recognized holiday depending on maybe your line of work or what that is but happy martin luther king day definitely happy martin luther king day okay this week i struggled (laughs) um because anytime i maybe try to go like source a topic it's either like very very light and fluffy poppy culture Mm -hmm. in nature or it seems a little bit grim when it comes to just putting anything millennial in the search bar. Yes. <laughs> and definitely. so I don't know if any time that I, I might be presenting a conversation for us here on, on the podcast, I don't know if I'm going to be at doing as much like millennial specific sourcing as much as I want to maybe just sit there and say, here's some things that are relevant mm-hmm. and you and I talk to it millennially right I think that's wonderful um we've done some like heavy research podcasts or yeah episodes in the past and while those are good and meaningful um they're not necessarily that unique right so I think this is an awesome spin and kind of why we started it in the first place yeah we, we we did this because we had what we thought were great conversations, yeah. <laughs> right? And the juxtaposition uh, of our age and our lived experiences presented a lot of conversation um, through the years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before I jump into the topic, the one last thing I wanted to to say was thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Very very positive. Thank you everyone for who comes out and to listen. Thanks for anyone who's new is maybe picking us up for the first time. I know that we're we're deep. Yeah. For for average podcasts. We like, are. We're yeah. in the 20s of our episodes. Yep. Right? And so thank you very, very much. Uh, please, if you're so inclined, share this with anyone around you. Uh, like things. Uh, rate us on any of the social medias or podcast platforms. And feel free to, you know, give us a little bit of help. We'd love that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to those that have already done it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't want to miss that. It never goes unnoticed. Always appreciated. Okay. So today, we're going to discuss one of my struggles (laughs) that has has come to light. And as I just quickly looked into it, I am not alone 
<laughs> in in this struggle of of uh, people my age or around our age there, and so my struggle, everyone, is I lack uh, tangible hobbies as an adult. <laughs> I love that this is the topic today. <laughs> do do you want to kind of recap your conversation with me <laughs> from the past couple of days, Juge? Yeah. So um, over the time I've known Chris, which is not a short amount of time, um, he always has a tool for something, which I think is very funny. Like we were at Mystic Megan's house the other day and she was talking about wanting to make a like a custom frame for a very large art piece she has. And Chris was like, oh, I've got like the saw for that, all of these things. And it just reminded me like Chris always has the tools for everything. And it's because he's picked up kind of hobbies throughout his life and then done them, invested in them and put them down. Um, Also, during the time I've known Chris, I've seen him um, become a little frustrated with um, he's he's very busy, very, very busy person. And in his downtime, Sometimes, like, scrolling the internet is an escape, an absolute needed reset. And sometimes it's something that frustrates him because he doesn't feel like he's being productive. Um, So we started, we had this conversation where it was just like, hey, man, like, I'd love for you to find a new hobby. And I'd love to support you in a new hobby. Can we talk about, is there anything that's interesting to you? I'm I'm like that that pet that you all might (laughs) have. That has a basket of toys, and none of those toys interest me. But I'd be willing to take on another toy if I liked it, if you presented it to me, right? <laughs> but until then, I'm just going to just bother you or be bothered. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't notice this until Jillian brought it up, right? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see this because I have some hobbies, and I think where I struggle is the um, more convenient hobbies, right? Yeah. And so, uh, as Jillian mentioned, we, we like getting outside. We, we enjoy being outside. I don't think the outside identifies us maybe like it does other people who yeah. just like thrive in, in being outside. But um, I, I enjoy fishing. Um, it's, one of the, it's one of the things that I've, I've gotten into in my adult uh, hood again. I picked it back up. I loved it when I was a kid. There yeah. was a, a river in our backyard, and I would just Huckleberry Finn that that river in the backyard and just go fish in the afternoon after school or during the day, whatever it was. And so I picked fishing back up again. I really enjoy it, but I find that a lot of the hobbies that I um, that I currently do now require a little bit of time and planning. They're not convenient to pick up and put down. When I really got thinking about them, right? Yeah. So we ski, we ski. Uh, when we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go, f- Jillian humors me and goes fishing with me. And oh, I like it. She just it's goes and fun. sits outside and vibes. <laughs> I throw in a line every once in a while. <laughs> Absolutely. Never forced to. Um, we enjoy traveling, but mm-hmm. that also requires a, a bit of logistics yes. and time and planning. So I think that we're pretty good, or I am pretty good at participating with you on some of these bigger things Mm -hmm. but nothing you could really like pick up on a tuesday night in the winter for like half an hour right to kind of just settle your brain that that's where that's exactly what when i was thinking about this that's where i just fall apart and um just doing a little bit of research looking around the internet so briefly i'm not alone (laughs) um 
more millennials lack a hobby and don't realize it until they're like faced with the problem is what it comes down yeah. to someone on the internet. I'll, I'll post uh, the link to this. I think it was a more like a men's article of all things that I ended up on was talking about once again, the internet, uh, we should just change the name of this podcast to the internet changed everything. <laughs> um, but uh, effectively we can go get stuff a lot more simply. Mm-hmm. We don't have to create yeah. as much in, in our lifetime, in our in our experience lifetime, if the internet was uh, predominant in your life, right? And so rather than like making music, we could go find music. Yeah. Rather than um, making a story, everything is available, available to us, right? We right. can go consume. We're consumers. Uh, and I'm not saying on the whole, I'm not saying uniquely that no one is a producer, but the trend is less and less millennials like produce their own like things for for hobbies or have outputs uh, for th- for skills and things that they develop, and we find ourselves um, working, like moving and pushing towards towards a career or moving through a career. Uh, other things that that might uh, consume our time, um, social. Uh, prowess is there, uh, finding friend groups and, you know, participating in those activities. One of the things that was brought up is that we have, as a generation, have a very difficult time saying no. Oh, interesting. And so when it's like, hey, the gals are getting together on on Friday night for fill in the blank, whatever the Mm -hmm. activity is, a lot of people have a hard time saying no to that um, because they feel... The need to contribute in in that friend group. And so a lot of things were brought to light in that article that potentially would remove us from finding certain hobbies. And the pandemic, actually, there's so there was every article I, I read, the few that I read, every single one of them alluded to that the isolation of the pandemic brought to light that no one had a hobby. Interesting. And that that bothered them. We all kind of did start picking up hobbies pretty heavily in the so pandemic. So before before I move forward on that, because it actually <laughs> takes me into the exact same lived experience. Yeah. Jillian was very good. So if you ask me what my passion project was during COVID, or if we at, you ask around, people have so many good ones. And I just feel like reluctant to say I don't know if I had one. Uh, I stopped shaving and I didn't get a haircut. <laughs> you grew this magnificent beard. Like truly, what a beautiful passion project. One that I am personally passionate about. But like people started businesses. <laughs> people wrote books. People did all these things. I'm like, ah, I kind of look different. <laughs> but Jillian actually picked up quite a few. I did. I also, so I lived alone during the pandemic Um, which I think was a huge contributor to it because it was me and my cat 24 hours a day. And while she's great company, she's not great um, entertainment all the time. So I did, I did pick up quite a few hobbies. Can you list them for the the crowd? Because let's, let's be honest, the demographic that lives to this, listens to this podcast is much more aligned to you and your lived experiences instead of me. And I think they are going to get a chuckle. 
Oh, man. Out of the things that you were doing. So many things. So like everyone, I started, I made my own sourdough starter. Um, I don't think I ever made anything with the sourdough starter, but <laughs> by golly, did I rot- make it. <laughs> it just rotted on a counter? It, no, it was in the fridge. It <laughs> oh, just, okay. you know, it just lived its life. Um, I've been meaning to pick that up again. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> Um, I got real into cross-stitching for a second, which is something I ironically picked back up again this year. Um, I made myself... No, 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 no. It's we're gonna pause. cross-stitch. St- it's naughty cross-stitch. <laughs> it is. And if it didn't take so dang long, I would have people like request things of Jillian because they're quite hilarious. They are. But it takes so long to make. <laughs> There's some of my proudest pieces for sure. There's some good ones floating but out. Inappropriate there. cross stitch was one of Jillian's yes, hobbies. Yes. Um, I started reading a lot more. I was always a big reader, but I started doing kind of like focused reading and meditation, which was really fun. Um, I got really intense about running a sub seven minute mile, which really isn't that bad for a lot of people. It was a nearly impossible goal e- for me. Excluding me. Continue. I'm sure you can get there. But I ran every day. I did like training timing programs every day and ran the same little route in my neighborhood to just time myself all the time finally ended up doing it ran a 658 mile one time Woohoo! <laughs> i know it was amazing um what, okay. what a lot of people maybe don't know about jillian prior to the pandemic jillian was an avid uh runner and not just a runner uh avid triathlete yeah uh, multiple events a year yep always trying to get better mm-hmm. and unfortunately covid got in the way of that lifestyles have changed yep. uh picking it all back up again yeah this year trying to trying to work back up those muscles again um yeah, but yeah okay those are the ones that are top no, no, of mind no, no, for no. me my favorite oh no what is it there is a dead instagram out there everyone a very dead instagram that has a decent amount of content in it called the weekly cream oh i forgot about the weekly cream <laughs> Yes. Aligned much with the cross stitching, yeah. suggestive ice cream Instagram. My family was banned from watching from from the Instagram. Yeah. Um, could you could you maybe give the elevator pitch of what the weekly cream did for its followers? So it provided a weekly, as the name implies, cream. Which was me on Wednesday nights when Chris was unavailable. I would create this entire ice cream flavor, usually based off of whatever was in the sale bin of the Smith's Bakery at the, <laughs> the time I went shopping. Smith's is a local grocer for anyone who's not out, out here in the Mountain West. Yes. And I, so I did a lot of grocery shopping for, for people during the pandemic. And so it was great. I would go out my once a week trip. And um, I always took the time to like dig through and be like, oh, chocolate cake is on sale. Fabulous. I guess we're having a chocolate cake flavored ice cream this week. And I would just lay on my little canopy bed in this apartment. That had no windows. That had no windows (laughs) um, and no heat. And just think of all the dirty puns I could do with a chocolate cake ice cream. Um, who knows? Maybe two likes, two likes on this episode and I'll bring back the weekly cream. <laughs> I don't know if you did it justice. This is my last plug for it. Not that it, it doesn't live. There's no content. It hasn't had content for a year plus. Yeah. A lot of talent, a lot of thought and 
real ice cream was made. A real ice cream. And real ice cream pictures were taken. Yes. I supplied like a local business ice cream one time based off of this Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a really good time. So um, thank you to all those locally who ate the ice cream because I was just <laughs> had pints of it. And I was like, I can't eat all this myself. <laughs> Uh, good call. I forgot about the weekly cream. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. One of my favorite hobbies you picked up <sighs> during time. the pandemic. <laughs> so, pandemic again. Yeah. Um, what does any good millennial do when they don't know the answer to anything? Try something new. Consult the internet. Oh. And when I say consult the internet, it could be as targeted as consulting social media and or just going to a search engine, more than likely Google. This is what happened to a decent amount of people. They actually looked up when life paused. Yeah. I'm sorry. When I say life paused during the pandemic, I I think when certain things of life weren't available is how I'll say that. Somebody I saw in my one of my favorite podcasts, Be There in Five, 10 out of 10 recommend it. Um, they have a Facebook group that I'm part of. And somebody today made the very astute observation that um, they found out during the pandemic that their favorite hobby was going to non-essential places to shop. And just how like starkly that brought it to them that like their hobby was shopping. And I thought that was funny and on point for today. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I never even thought about that yeah. before. Okay, so a lot of people went to the internet and they were just like searching hashtags, searching for whatever anyone else was doing because <laughs> much like myself, I don't want to come up with like an original idea on a hobby. I'd like a menu to choose from, right? <laughs> yes. When we did it this weekend, what happened? It was every single like, this is what becoming an older man in America trope existed it was like take up fishing maybe smoke some meat (laughs) have you ever considered cornhole right (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one leather working was leather leather working (laughs) and i was like oh my god it wants me to be like a 60 year old 65 year old like boy scout leader whatever it is and i was appalled appalled internet (laughs) But here I am stuck with a partner that knows that I need something to like consume my time when I'm not necessarily happy with um, some of the default options that are available. And I'm stuck. I am stuck. (laughs) All of you podcast listeners, I am stuck, right? Because much like a human being, I know what I don't like a lot more than I know what I like. I find myself in that situation often. If anyone is wondering, Chris does not like weather leatherworking. He had a very visceral reaction to that one. <laughs> I don't need a merit badge. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I I know that you know what things are out there and are convenient. They're like, well, we'll pick up reading. I unfortunately struggle uh, with keeping my mind focused when I read. Like there are certain things where it's just like it's not enjoyable to me. So why would I force myself to go do that just because I need to fill some time with a hobby. Right. Right. And so again, um, I guess what I'm trying to say like to the, to the community is what, what in the world do you guys do? Like, what is it that you, for convenience hobbies? Like I know that there are certain things where it's like, 
oh, uh, I enjoy rock climbing because there's mountains around or there, there's certain things. But like all those logistics hobbies, I've collected some of those and I found the, I found some of them that I like. I'm very willing to add some of them. But it's like, what is the like easy pickup, easy put down type of hobbies that, that, that people are doing with yeah. their time, right? Jillian has a lot more of them than I do. Jillian loves paint by number. Oh, so much. Adult paint by Adult number. Adult paint by number. In one circumstance of her life, she um, potentially found herself phantom ordering things after surgeries. Correct. <laughs> and got some custom paint by number. It's of me and Chris. It is absolutely hideous. We will post it on the Instagram. We'll make sure that gets up there. Okay. Social media manager, <laughs> yeah. you will do that, right? Um, yeah, Jillian has a lot of creative items that she goes and does and then she's discovering some new other parts of her life that she takes that extra time to go to go learn about uh or topics that are that are very interesting to her i'm stuck i'm stuck everyone like i i hate to admitting that i'm not like successful in all aspects of my life but here i am i'm stuck right and this is why i wanted to talk about today (laughs) i love what in the world does anyone do hobby wise I don't know. So can I, this might switch gears a little bit. So feel free to like bring it back in. I feel like as, um, as millennials and as people that like, we've talked about it before, kind of graduated during a tough economic time. We've never quite caught up economically to the generations before. There's, there's a lot of trend of monetizing your hobbies. And I think that can be that works really well for some people, right? They're like, I'm passionate about this. I would love to devote my extra time and see the extra benefit for it. That is the first way to get me not to want to do something is tell me that I have to monetize it. And that's where my brain goes right away. It's like, you know what? That would be cool. I wonder if anyone else is doing this. I wonder how hard it would be to set up a a website. Guys, I'm letting you into this brain. I am sorry. (laughs) This is what it feels like inside there. It's like, I wonder how many units I can make. I wonder my cost of goods sold would be. What is the shipping rate of that would be if anyone wanted to buy? This is what happens. And then I'm just like, no, that's a job. I don't want another job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's definitely a thing. And I think, um, like that's a consideration too on when you're looking at a hobby, you're looking at it not as a necessarily like a pick up, put down thing. Like what I do when I spend 15, 30 minutes on something and I put it down for the day, mm-hmm. you're looking at it as more of a long term operationally focused. <laughs> how do I make sure that I'm successful in this type endeavor? Yeah. How do I take a top line and bottom line evaluation of a hobby out of my head. (laughs) So yeah, like I think, I think it's quite interesting that people can find a passion and I love that people can hold on to passions, even if it isn't their day to day contribution to potentially what they do for a profession or what they do in their career. I know um, I grew up in the Nashville area. Uh, For those of you uh, who maybe are unfamiliar with Nashville, Nashville has quite a few very talented people. And so that whole Hollywood depiction of people going to Hollywood to get their break, if if they're, if they're beautiful, if they're, if they can act, if they want to break into all of the, the 
sectors that Hollywood has to offer around entertainment. It's often depicted of someone like going to Hollywood to get their break or some actor that has broken through and they're like, yeah, yeah I, I used to live in a studio, one bedroom, the head cockroach, you know, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, Nashville, very much the same thing. Maybe not, maybe not the same volume, yeah. but a lot of very talented people going to Nashville as musicians. So I knew people growing up that couldn't wait to be done with what they had to do in their life to make sure that life was like more comfortable and could move forward like jobs or like commitments and things like that Mm -hmm. but racing to their guitar racing to uh, a computer to like mix something uh trying to write a song and things like that right right and it's like where does that come from i don't some people just have the spark i think it's like so deeply innate in some people they're born with it right yeah how does it get turned off for people think you get my opinion just my opinion yeah my thoughts yeah is that you get told like here is how you succeed at life and oftentimes these more creative endeavors are a little bit more risky right for every person that made it in nashville there's 300 that haven't oh there there's so many that haven't right right so like people like as you get older we actually this was our spin lesson today as you get older like you're you calculate your risks a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of that just kind of gets like stifled in you. You don't spend as much time into it. You don't fan that flame as much and it, it can kind of wither a little bit. Yeah. It's just my thoughts. No. And, and this kind of plays into another conversation that we've had, which is very tangent. Maybe it's very parallel, not tangential to this, but very parallel. I, I believe that um, again uh, with economic cycles, shortening, mm-hmm. Uh, in our lifetimes, and what I mean by economic cycle shortening is the the ups and downs of an economy, right? Uh, yeah. um, all kind of indicators are pointing to economy going down, where economy was roaring and racing up, but uh, uh, COVID was very down at the beginning. Lots yeah. of people losing their job or furloughed or, or things like that temporarily, right? So these are very quick cycles. Instead of multiple decades, they're just multiple years mm-hmm. now to go through. So yeah, depending on what side of some of those outcomes you are, you might be economically challenged, right? But yeah. some people find themselves economically successful. And I think one of the most interesting things, I won't even call it funny, interesting things is I see that maybe maybe it started with boomers a little bit, but definitely is uh pervasive through uh the Gen Xers and the millennials is we buy toys not for kids. We buy toys for ourselves that we couldn't get when we were kids. You've, and that's a lot of people's hobbies. You've mentioned that several times this week. And I keep laughing at it because like, yes, I saw an ad today for a research for Lisa Frank Crocs. I know we've talked about Lisa Frank before. Please help I, I know that more people will know than not. But if anyone listens on my end of the spectrum, they might not remember. So your sister actually messaged me about Lisa Frank one time. So I think it, it might be like slightly gendered as well. Uh, that might um, be too. But Lisa Frank, for those of you who don't know, is this absolute, she was like the the absolute icon of all things school supply. She was like the Andy Warhol school supplies, right? (laughs) It was absolutely, there was like crazy neon prints of like super cute animals. Like the cutest little tiger 
baby you've ever seen or like the cutest little dolphin you've but not ever naturally seen. colored right not naturally colored they were like pink and purple and yellow and turquoise it was they're vibrant they're lovely it is definitely a very unique style um and she, it's the brand has had a resurgence how close lisa frank is still to the brand i am unsure um but i've seen i saw like lisa frank blender bottles back in stock a while Whoa. ago which i was like wow that's kind of crazy um and then today i saw lisa frank crocs like a special oh, edition crocs coming back too what's the thing oh, we love some crocs don't we is it just less shameful they've always been around it's just less shameful to maybe have some crocs maybe they're now? back okay their, their okay. cycle has been back um but i thought that was like so interesting and it is kind of that nostalgia that we live for it's bright it's colorful it's very happy it reminds us of a simpler time when really our biggest concern was do i want the leopard or do i want the dolphin trapper keeper mm-hmm yeah oh, trapper keepers trapper keepers amazing I I am served up content sometimes of Lego hobbies that have no <laughs> children of any age anywhere close to them. Have you seen some of the the builds that they're making now like those flowers? They're gorgeous. They're pieces of art. Of course no children would play with those. They're not targeted for them. Exactly. Yeah. Or or the people that it's the collecting just generally mm, like I Interesting. I have a fundamentally hard time with the concept of, of collecting. You are um, very waste and like stuff adverse. Yeah. Yeah. I see nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't jive with me. And so people like there's, there's coin collecting. Yeah. So I've seen all sorts of collecting in my, in my, um, in my experience so far. And I don't even try to go find it. These are just things that have like brushed up against me. Uh, in college, I met someone that, that collected uh, Tiffany lampshades. Oh, very interesting. So the stained glass, like mission style yeah. Tiffany lampshades. And the only reason he collected those was um, he was a gun collector before. And he's like, I kind of ran out of guns to collect. Interesting. And so, so I sold my whole collection and I started something else new. That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, coin collecting is very much a thing. Yeah. Uh, book collecting, believe it or not, is very much like rare books and people like going and digging through. There's always a story that was like, I found this in a bookstore yeah. in, in some village in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Right. I was able to find the first edition. You hear that kind of stuff. Um, collecting stuff just to have it. I, I, I struggle with mm -hmm. and don't find fulfillment in, but that seems to be very much a common theme there as well. Uh, base cards, just general cards, the Pokemon collecting. Yeah. The resurgence of Pokemon collecting where Again, no child to be seen. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and people opening. I think people have monetized it and someone, a lot of people wanted to copy that model uh, online, but just the Pokemon collecting, uh, the baseball, the basketball, the football. Cards. I remember when I was a kid, I, you could buy like whole sets of them and you just kind of look through them and you're like, oh, that's my favorite player, this, that, and the other. Go Chris, ahead. I had... Um horse collecting cards this is not going to come as a shock to you stop stop here stop everyone needs to understand the level of equestronaut that you were as a child um i loved horses as a child i L capital l loved everyone not little l loved 
big <laughs> big L loved to the point where um, I had a horse in my possession for a time being. His name was PJ. He was fat and he just was very slow. He was very safe for like a nine year old <laughs> ride, <laughs> which was probably why um, he was chosen. And it just I I loved them. Like I was the little girl instead of a baby doll. Never had. I don't think I ever had a baby doll in my life. Um, I or like any sort of kind of humanoid doll. I did love Barbies. Whole different thing. Um, but I had, I would just carry around like these child inappropriate porcelain horse figurines and <laughs> briar horses with me everywhere. My favorite one was named Shy Boy. He was based off of a real horse and I had the book about him and I was obsessed. Um, so yeah, so I had horse trading cards. <laughs> horse trading cards. Yeah. Were, different horses on them. Were they like at least race horses, like known race horses or no, something like that? No, they were like absolutely that? not. They were fictional. They were fictional horses. So it was American girl doll of horses. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and like there was like some concept of something you could do. Like you could kind of battle with them, kind of like another mm-hmm. thing. Um, but no one I knew had any horse trading cards to trade me with. <laughs> I want to know how the horses battled. We're going to do that <laughs> completely different set. Like, nay, stomp. <laughs> Gallop. Um yeah, I I I know there there are people that um there's games, right? There are people that get like really into to board games and groups of board games and things like that. I feel like a bit of a loner not having mm. some of these more um accessible hobbies, yeah. right? Yeah. I have I have a corner of a garage <laughs> that could basically build half a house of like <laughs> w- like woodworking equipment. Yeah, and that was something I definitely wanted to do. I wasn't in the right headspace to pick it up when when I thought I wanted to pursue it. So I have a very good amount of tools out there, and I've just never ever like wanted to pick that up. And so I'm very I'm terrified because hobbies are just expensive now too. Some definitely are. Some Outside really of are. like reading books or some other things. I'm sorry. On average, I think that, that uh, hobbies have a of cost of entry for mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah. And so I'm terrified to go like, I'm going to go try this hobby again. Great. I'm like $1,000 into this and I don't like it or it doesn't fulfill me anymore. <laughs> so I have that trepidation on top of it as well. I think that's a very real trepidation. Um, but I think like you won't know unless you try. What if you try it and you're like, this is amazing. This is something I could do off and on every day for 20 years. I don't know. Penny collecting. Penny collecting. (laughs) That could be really fun. I'm just going to be looking for the rare, like misprinted penny or something. Whatever those, whatever those uh, rare things are there. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know. I'm stuck. (laughs) I'm stuck. And I'm glad that I'm not the only one that is stuck. Do you have any thoughts for what you would want to do for a hobby? Um, I don't, I don't get to explore the creative side of my brain often. If anything is creative, it, from, from my mind, um, it's often like a less technical way to go like approach something at work and say, Hey, we could, we could maybe do this. Right. Um, for those of you who don't know, I really enjoy cooking. Uh, not just smoking meats as an aging man. Um, (laughs) I don't want to be 
shoved in, but I can. I don't want to be shoved just pigeonholed into this guy has a, a smoker and everything is now now smoked. I enjoy cooking, but it's like, how much food can you cook before you're like, we can't eat all of this? Sure, you've you've picked up pizza making in the past few weeks. I have explored. Jillian was very very kind, and um, blew through an unspoken budget of Christmas. And got me. Um, it was unspoken. <laughs> and got me a pizza oven. I slowly running out of kitchen gadgets. <laughs> slowly, we have come to the 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 like final line of. I don't know if there's more kitchen gadgets that are worth getting for the kitchen. Um, I am trying to figure out how to make pizzas at home. It is more challenging than you th- would think, or I'm just more clueless than I should be. I think there's a learning curve there, but you have you've made two rounds of pizza so far, pizza items, mm-hmm. and both times, like I've left very happy, very cooked on the top. Something left to be desired on the bottom, a little doughy <laughs> on the bottom still. <laughs> this is very good. So I guess um, what I ask anyone is like, what what hobbies would you suggest for uh, an elder millennial male? Yeah. Again. I understand we're mostly female uh, audience here uh, at this point and juncture in our podcast, which love everyone who comes. Yes. Maybe you can suggest what uh, males in your life and what they uh, have success at hobbies with. Or whatever your hobbies are. Chris is like very creative. He oh. is so f- just you're really good with your language and your words and you use very like descriptive language. Um you have definitely a very cr- good creative side to you. So maybe share what your hobbies are and regardless of gender. Oh yeah, and absolutely. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. Most of my skills were picked up from my mother, uh, who was very creative. I, I learned how to upholster furniture. I learned how to wallpaper more than I've ever wanted to learn how to wallpaper in my life. A lot of, uh, do it yourself type hobbies that my mom was into growing up. Chris took one of the last size for, for our wedding. Um, he was wearing a linen suit. Very hard to come by in the, in the like everything colors and everything Let, we wanted. Let's pause there for a minute. Yeah. Why in the world are suits so hard to find that aren't black? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. Black or gray. Business. I'm sorry. Non-business suit. Yes. Very difficult thing to find. <laughs> Very Continue. difficult to find. So Chris was wearing a linen suit. And um, the only pants you could find were very, very much too big for him. And so this man took in his own pants, like not just, just, it, it was amazing. Shortened them, took them in on the waist, resewed a belt loop. They looked amazing. You've got some skill. Nothing the YouTube can't show me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would love to figure out something that was fulfilling. I recognize that it's something in my life that I need to like add or at least explore here as well. And as other millennials that, that listen, I'm in, I'm encouraged if you have hobbies, but if you would be open enough to like share those things and what you do, um, whether they're creative, whether like a little side business, I promise I'm not going to go encroach on your market. I'm just very interested in what, and what people are doing, yeah, right, and yeah. How, how they're spending a little bit of their time still making their brain like active and not vegging mm-hmm. out. Because one of the things I actually saw was um, millennials. I think this is uh, just core for Americans generally. Uh, w- w- the default pastime is TV. 
or default pastime is turning into entertainment. As, as millennials, we might not watch like regular TV programming. Yeah. We, we stream some other stuff or we consume it from other platforms there. But a lot of our time is like, we just want to, we just want to unplug yeah. and, and just consume something that's fed to us. Right. Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't been an avid TV watcher for years at this point. So I'm looking to fill a little bit of that time up. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Wild. Jeej, what is a hobby you have never done, but still intrigues you? Um, making stained glass. Keep going. I would love to learn how to make stained glass. I don't know how much more there is. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. By stained glass. Yeah. I watch a lot of stained glass TikToks. TikTok. Again, yeah. something I've picked up as an elder millennial too. A lot of information on there. I think um, as a teaser for everyone, we're actually going to maybe do an episode or a short little thing about where we all get our information from. And I wouldn't be surprised if we put out a survey and everyone would be like, "Uh, social media, maybe more specifically TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lot of what happens. Wonderful. That's what I had today. Perfect. Can I just wrap up with an invitation? Please. All right. So I know that some of our listeners have hobbies that they have turned into monetized platforms or they have hobbies that they've dedicated Instagram pages. If you are one of our listeners that would love um, maybe some more eyes on that, please let me know. Those of you that I know, I'll be reaching out individually, but we would absolutely love to talk about them on here. If you want to come in and talk about your hobby, would love that. Um, But at the very least, we can make sure that we put it on our social media and promote it. Um, Yeah. We really appreciate you guys. Adult hobbies. Who knew? Adult hobbies. Yeah. Such a difficult thing, at least for me. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for everyone for listening. We really appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.